Hello everyone, my name is Naomi Williams and welcome to Dawning Diabetes Podcast where we talk about type 1 diabetes, other autoimmune disorders, and healthy living. Hello everyone, so today I'll be talking about insulin and the different types of insulin that's out there now. I will also dive into the rising cost of insulin too, so get ready for the show. Please do not take any information or stories shared on this podcast as medical advice. Please consult with your doctor or medical professional before changing your health plan. Let's talk about what insulin is for non-diabetics and diabetics. So insulin is a hormone that the pancreas produces to allow blood sugar to enter into our cells for energy after we eat. So the pancreas also gives the body insulin periodically to maintain blood sugar levels. So when anyone gets a physical done, your doctor is supposed to check your blood sugar to make sure it's in range. And this is why insulin is so important for all of us to stay healthy. So sadly, me and other type 1 diabetics have to take man-made insulin since our pancreas can't produce it now. But some type 2 diabetics have to take insulin until their body accepts its own insulin again. In order for people to take insulin, we have to give ourselves a shot a shot from a pen or use an insulin pump. Now that you have a crash course into what insulin is, let's talk about the different types of insulin that's out here. So the two main functions of insulin are categorized as short acting and long acting insulin. Short acting insulin is taken for meals, snacks, and blood sugar corrections throughout the day. The types of short acting insulin are Humalog, Novolog, Apigia, Fiasp, and Afriza. Now, Afriza is very interesting and it's a new form of insulin that has never been done before. So, according to diabetes, these insulins are made with a different protein. Humalog, Novolog, and Apidra have similar reaction times. And to clarify, this is from Diabetes Strong website. So for instance, Novolog starts working within five to 10 minutes after we give insulin before a meal. Then Humalog reacts a little slower around 15 minutes and Apidra reacts within 15 minutes before a meal. So I have used Humalog and Novolog my whole life so far, and Humalog is slower for my body than Novolog. So it took time to adjust to the quickness of Novolog, and this is what I've experienced, but everyone is different. So let's continue. So the insulin types I mentioned are considered rapid-acting insulin. Now let's talk about FIOS. FIOPS is new to the market. It is considered an ultra fast acting insulin. It's so fast, you guys, that it works in a few minutes. So you have to take FIOPS when you are taking your first bite to eat or 20 minutes after you finish eating. Crazy, right? And I learned something new because I didn't think insulin could work that fast. 
Fios is in the family of Novolog. So if you use Novolog now, then you could ask your doctor about Fios. And it's all on their website. Then another ultra fast acting insulin is called Leumjev, which is a part of Lily. The company that also makes Humalog. So Fios works in a few minutes too. And if you are using Humalog, then you could ask your doctor about this. Now, on the flip side, you can only inject Fios with syringes or pins. Last week, Jeb was approved by the FDA for use in insulin pumps on August 16th. So this was like two weeks ago. If you are interested in ultra fast acting insulin, then talk with your endo because these insulins are nothing to play with. Okay, it's exciting to know that there are different options of insulin now, especially compared to 10 years ago, but still be careful when taking these ultra fast acting insulins because you don't want to have hypoglycemia all over the place. And it's just not fun. So anywho, now let's get into long acting insulin. So long acting insulin is insulin that takes longer to metabolize in the body. So your body produces insulin not only when you eat something, but throughout the day and night. And that's something I have mentioned earlier. So long acting insulin acts as a protector against large fluctuations in blood sugar. Long-acting insulin lasts 24 to 36 hours, and most diabetics who are on insulin shots or pins would have to take long-acting insulin. This is different from pump users like me who don't have to take long-acting insulin since our pumps use long, use short-acting insulin in both ways. For instance, I bolus for food and corrections while my pump gives me basil every hour. So this is all on one of my schedules that I have set on my PDM that's connected to my insulin pumps via Bluetooth. So the types of long acting insulin are Basaglar, Traceba, and Lantus. So I have used Lantus and Basaglar when I was on shots briefly, then switched to the PIM. The upside of taking shots was that I didn't have to wear a sensor or insulin pump. The downside is that it was harder to follow blood sugar trends and socialize. So you're probably like, okay, what do you mean by socialize? So let's face it, you guys, most people are afraid of shots. So if I'm at a dinner and whip out a syringe, just imagine all the looks I get. Talk about awkwardly smiling and walking away from the table. Anyway, let's talk about the newest type of insulin, which is a Frieza. So a Frieza is inhaled insulin. And my mind was blown when I heard this, y'all. It acts as a short acting insulin and this is how it works. So according to Afriza's website, the insulin comes in this powder that you can inhale through your nose. It goes to your lungs where it easily goes into your bloodstream. It can help with reducing blood sugar spikes and this can be taken by itself um, and this can be taken by itself sometimes. But 
a lot of times people who do inhaled insulin have to take regular insulin too. So definitely talk with your endo about this, especially if you are on a pump. Now, a freezer can cause throat irritation and in some cases, bronchial spasms. So this is not an option for people with asthma or any lung disease. Will I try a Frieza? Uh, no, because I sing at church right now and I don't need my vocal cords irritated, okay? But if you are tired of doing a lot of shots or pins, this might be an option. Now, a Frieza is not approved for kids by the FDA. And also check if you have a kid with type 1 diabetes, check your pediatrician to make sure they are able to take ultra fast acting insulin. It might not be FDA approved just yet for the kiddos. Now I want to talk about the rising cost of insulin. It's a huge deal, you guys. And according to an article from Vokes, it's ridiculously high. Before 1980, insulin only cost a dollar for one vial of insulin. One dollar. And now, it costs anywhere from $300 to $500 per vial of insulin, depending on which state you're in, what type of medical insurance you have, and all those different factors. So a dollar back in those days was equivalent to about $10 today. So this means someone without health insurance can't pay for their insulin. And if they do, they have to take fewer injections a day to keep their blood sugar under control. Not fair and not cool, y'all, because the price is more than the inflation rate. So the reason why companies can do this is because there are few regulations on prices. So companies can decide how much they price insulin based on their patents. So even the scientists who came up with the insulin from 1920 to 1923 didn't put their name on it because they didn't believe that someone should profit from it. Go figure. Some companies like Walmart and other retailers have made alternative insulins and priced it at $70 a vial, but this is still a lot of money. Most people need four vials of insulin to have enough for three to four months. So this means their total insulin amount is $210 to $280. So the type of insulin they receive is a generic version of Novolog or Humalog most of the time. And if you ever see Rely On products in Walmart, then you know it's a cheaper version of diabetic supplies. This is great for those of us who need a quick supply or two, but it can be annoying if someone needs an affordable, full, and not mixed version of Novolog and Humalog for their body. This is crazy, y'all. So, Pretty much people have to spend almost this amount of money with their insurance to pay for their insulin. And then if you don't have insurance, it's astronomical, the price. So let me add this. The insurance and pharmaceutical companies also put a cap on the amount of insulin someone can have based on that person's insurance or company policies. And I have seen this done personally, y'all. So this means that someone can't get insulin anytime they want to unless they want to pay full retail price 
for that insulin. This is why people go to Canada or Mexico or have dual citizenship in another country because they are able to get their insulin for free or they're able to afford to get as much insulin as they can get in those countries. That's why, y'all. So I am blessed to have great medical insurance right now. But if I didn't have good insurance or any insurance at all, then I will have to pay the price of $1,859.99 for a three-month supply of Novolog. Why do I have to spend my rent, mortgage, car note, light bill, water bill, grocery money, and other expenses on a life-saving medication that should be free? And they talk about how they want to cap insulin in Congress or make it affordable, but the bill gets tossed around like salad. So, okay, let's make a $1 billion drug free for all people to have access to. Am I missing something here? I think not. The pharmaceutical and insurance companies do what they want with the price of insulin to make a huge profit from it. And it's negatively impacting people like me and others who need insulin. So it's not helping anyone whether you have insurance or not. And this is important to know this and understand this because let's say you develop a medical condition. Because insulin is going up so high, that means the price of other medications is going to go up too. So about time you have to take this medication for whatever medical reason, you might can't afford your own medication because of insulin. So it all it's all connected, you guys. It's all connected. And I will do another episode where I speak to a group of people about insulin, the rising cost of insulin, and how it's all connected on another episode. Um, So stay tuned for that episode. But this is just the surface of what's going on when it comes to insulin and the price of insulin. So even though we need to all advocate for this change, there is some hope. According to the diatribe, Lily, Novernordis, and Sanofi have programs in place that can pay for someone's insulin. Lily has kept their insulin prices at $35 for their insulins, including Humalog. Novo Nordis has a cash card program where you can get three vials or two packs of pens for roughly $99. And Sanofi has up to 10 vials or pens per month for one or two of their insulins for $99 too. So with everything, it comes with a catch. In order to qualify for their programs, you must meet certain salary bracket, have no insurance, have only commercial insurance, or be on Medicare Part D. I feel like I'm narrating a commercial, you guys. And if you don't meet some of their requirements, you may not qualify and have to continue paying out of pocket. So if you are eligible, then they may work with you to extend coverage of your insulin until you are able to have better insurance, insurance, make enough money, whatever the case may be. 
But definitely check these companies out and apply to all of them if you are in need of assistance. We all deserve to have access to insulin because it is vital for our health. And good luck to those of you who really need help paying for your insulin. I hope you are a qualified candidate so you can survive. And I'm so serious when I say that because insulin is so vital. So in other news, I learned that some people are allergic to insulin. So we just went from the different types of insulin, new types to, yeah, some people are actually allergic to insulin. So according to Beyond Type 1, in rare cases, some people can develop an allergy to it. One reason is because of what the insulin is made of. Some diabetics are allergic to zinc, so they can't take insulin with zinc in it. Other diabetics may be allergic to a type of protein or active ingredient in the insulin. So these people can change to a new insulin that doesn't have that ingredient. Other people can have a reaction at the injection site. So as soon as they inject insulin, their skin starts swelling up in like 30 seconds to five minutes. So this is considered a skin allergic reaction. So if this is the case, someone could try taking low doses of basal rate on a pump to get the body used to the insulin over time. They could also try cortisone or take steroids as well. But occasionally this doesn't work either. For mostly type 1 diabetics who can't give themselves insulin through a pump or syringe, they have to have an insulin port implanted in their body. This is very interesting. According to the AccuCheck website, they have a system called a diaport. This is an insulin pump that connects to a stainless steel catheter port that is attached to part of the intestines. Really interesting, right? And some of you are like, ooh, and I know, I, I know that that's interesting, but I know like, ow, you know, but the insulin goes straight into your intestines, similar to how the pancreas puts insulin into the intestines when we eat or need our blood sugar stabilized. This is the only option I have seen so far if your skin is very allergic to insulin. So for those of you who have to wear a diaport every day, you are awesome because I don't know how I could manage my diabetes and a diaport every day. I don't know how I could manage that to have something attached to me forever. And that's where my pump connects to forever. Like, that's interesting. And the person, of course, changes out their their pump of course they have to um to put on a new uh pump but still that's that's interesting how um some people in rare cases have to take their insulin yeah that is the latest on insulin folks so i want to now talk about insulin pump sensors and the new in-pin as some of you know i wear a freestyle libre sensor and wear an omnipod insulin pump but there are other popular pumps medtronic and t-slim then the most popular sensor is dexcom i would love to have a dexcom but it's still expensive for me 
and one day when I have the money, I will switch. But for now, I'm grateful to just have a sensor. Now, there is a new pen called InPen from Medtronic. And I just learned this last year. So according to Medtronic's website, InPen is a Bluetooth insulin pen. It can communicate with an app that keeps records of your car's insulin dosage and blood sugar. It can even tell you your insulin on board, which is the estimated amount of insulin you have left after injection. And I think this is pretty cool. So if I ever want to take a break from the insulin pump, which I have done before you guys, I can switch to the end pen. So no matter how you take insulin, insulin is a part of life and survival. Hopefully there is affordable insulin and one day a cure that is for free and not solely in the hands of pharmaceutical and insurance companies. But until then folks, we have to keep advocating for free and affordable insulin for everyone or just make it free in general. So this has been Naomi with Dawning Diabetes. Thanks for listening today and tune into episodes every other Thursday and sometimes Fridays. Follow Dawning Diabetes on Facebook, IG, and Twitter where you can join the diabetic community and find more content. Please subscribe, download, and leave a review. See y'all.